as we prepare um, and look toward Christmas Eve. I hope that you are all planning on being with us Christmas Eve. Uh, our text, though, uh, today comes from Luke chapter 1, verse uh, 39 uh, through 45. And it says this. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of the Lord shall come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. This quick thought, I just want to frame as peace in the promise. Peace in the promise. And I start us off by thinking about this. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, uh, the, the verse says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And how... Uh, the Jewish folks understood fear um, is not necessarily the same way that we understood it. It's not necessarily to be afraid. It's not being frightened. Um, it's not being scared. But uh, what uh, the writer of the Proverbs defined as fear was more of an experience of awe or an experience of reverence. Uh, that the Jewish uh, people uh, had this reverence of God. They were in awe of who God was, God the creator of heaven and earth, God the creator of men and women, God the creator of all things. There was an awe, there was a reverence that they had for him. As a matter of fact, uh, this reverence that they had uh, for God was so strong that they dare not speak his name. As a matter of fact, the reverence that they had for God uh, was so strong that when Moses found himself in his presence, he took off his shoes. Uh, the priests, as they built the temple, had a very specific route that they followed when they were going to approach God. There was a heavy reverence. There was a heavy awe. And I wonder, brothers and sisters, to some degree over time, we've lost that awe or reverence of who um, God is. Because it's that awe and that reverence that in a lot of ways shapes this text. Uh, for Mary, it was the realization um, that God, God who they were in awe of, God who they had reverence for, God whom uh, they feared, had decided to call her and, and allow her to be the mother of the Savior. Uh, this all that she had for God was so strong um, that when he called her, or that when God called her, she simply responded to him, Yes, Lord, I'm your servant. May your word be fulfilled. I wonder how many times when we get the word from the Lord is our response, Lord, I'm your servant. Especially when the word that God gives to us costs us something. Because we can sit here now and we reverence Mary and we hold her up and we pray to her in some traditions that Mary's this great person. But you must understand that for Mary, this call that God had for her was a bit scandalous. This 
teenage girl uh, who was having a child who was not wedded yet. And so Mary saying, yes, God, I'm your servant, uh, jeopardized, her, jeopardized her relationship. Mary saying, yes, uh, jeopardized her reputation. Uh, because how many people will believe that a virgin was with child? Uh, imagine if your son or daughter came home and said they were expecting a child that was conceived by the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I grew up in a house where whoopings were a thing. And I can imagine uh, that there would be a couple of belts or a high heel shoe or something coming in my direction if I dare tell my mom that I was uh, expecting a child and it was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's be real for a moment. This was scandalous. But not only did it jeopardize her reputation and jeopardize her relationship with her husband-to-be, but it also jeopardized her body. I'm not a woman, but I'm married to one, and I saw the toil uh, that carrying a child weighs on a woman's body. This was maybe immaculate conception, but it wasn't immaculate birth. Um, and so it meant that she had to bear the weight of gaining weight and her ankles swelling up and having cravings in the middle of the night. And back then there was no 7-Elevens. And so I imagine she was craving jerky and hay or something. I don't know uh, what the snacks were, but she was craving it. Yet her response to God was, I am your servant, may your word be fulfilled. And I believe that it was this joy that she felt in the promise uh, that led her with excitement uh, to not only accept the call, but to go see her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth had her own story, brothers and sisters. Elizabeth, who was older in age and was pretty much believed to be barren. Now, here they are both expecting children of promise. And like many of us, when we see promises being fulfilled, Elizabeth had a question and posed a question that Mary already knew the answer to. The Bible tells us in verse 43, uh, as Mary has entered the home of Zechariah and she sees her cousin Elizabeth, and Elizabeth, now filled with the Holy Spirit, exclaims in a loud voice, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. Even though the call that you have is heavy, and even though the call that you have comes at a cost, and even though the promise that was made on your life isn't easy, you are blessed among women. Brothers and sisters, I believe that the promises that God has for us and the promises that he makes to us and the call that he has for us, even though it's not easy, we are a people who are blessed. But it goes on to say, uh, Elizabeth says, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Uh, the first thought that comes to mind as I look at this text in verse 43 is simply this. Brothers and sisters, Elizabeth, that she grasped why not only was she blessed with this child, but blessed with the presence of the Savior. The simple answer to that question is this, because of God's love. Uh, God's love for us is so strong that he often gives us things that we don't deserve. He gives us things that we don't earn. As a matter of fact, I believe that's the definition of favor. 
uh, being granted favor, uh, being granted things that you did not earn, that you did not work for. You simply get it because the person who grants them deems it so. Brothers and sisters, we are here because God deemed it so. We woke up this morning because God deemed it so. Some of us have the jobs that we have and the spouse that we have because God found favor on us, not because we're so good, not because we're so wise, not because we're so holy, not because we're so faithful, but simply God deemed it so. And so as Elizabeth grapples with this promise and grapples with being in the presence of the one who would birth the Savior, as she asks the question, why am I so favored uh, that the mother of our Lord would come to see me? The simple response to that is because God loves you. And when you find yourself in those moments, when you are resting in the promise of God, when you find yourself in those times where you see God moving and you see God answering prayers and you see things happening in the world around you and you find yourself so in awe of God's goodness that you begin to ask yourself, what have I done to deserve this? The answer, brothers and sisters, is nothing. It's simply that God has found favor on you because he loves you. And I don't know about you, but as I think about this season, I am thankful that I serve a God who loves me so much that he found favor on me. Because if it was up to my own goodness, I would probably never get anything. If it was up to my own holiness and faithfulness, I probably wouldn't get anything. But God loves me so much that he found favor. And matter of fact, can we just give God some praise right now because he loves us so much that he found favor on us. He favors you and he favors you and he favors you and he favors you. And because of that love, we rest in favor and we get to be a part of a promise that we had nothing to do with but simply being the recipients of a good and loving God. Amen. But the next thing is this. It goes on uh, to say, so as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ear, the, the, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And then in verse 45, it says, blessed is she uh, who has believed the Lord who fulfilled his promises to her. Brothers and sisters, in this season, uh, we know that we can often celebrate the goodness of God. But for some of us, this may bring struggle. Sometimes this season brings struggle and strife. There might be moments where we uh, are disappointed and as we have prayed and lifted up our care and concerns to God, we are patiently waiting to see him come through. The interesting thing about this particular part of the text is that you see that in both women, they are both uh, celebrating the promises, but they are also living as if the things that God has promised will come to pass. And so though she was carrying the Savior, and though Elizabeth was carrying the one who would prepare the way, uh, the birth had not happened yet. And as many of you know, there are so many things that can happen between conception um, and delivery that can come to challenge. But these women stood here in this moment rejoicing as if the promise that God had made had already come to pass. Brothers and sisters, in this season where it seems like things can be chaotic, where it seems like things can be crazy, as we wait for the promises and the prayers that we have lifted up to God to be fulfilled, often wonder how can we find peace? 
The reality of the fact is, brothers and sisters, that we can simply find peace in this season when we live into the belief that God will promise, that God will uh, fulfill the promises that he has made to us. Because we know that God is a miracle-working God. We know that God's word will not come back void. We know that God's love has sustained us. And so we also know that God is a promise keeper. As a matter of fact, God promised Abraham that he would be the father of a nation too large to be counted. God promised David uh, that he would never cease to have an heir on the throne. God promised Elizabeth in her old age that she would bear a child. And God promised Mary that she would bear a son named Jesus that would claim the throne of David and that his kingdom would never end. So what is it that God promised you that you are anxiously waiting for in this season of waiting? What I want to encourage you to do is not get weary, to not get weak, to not give up, but simply remember that God fulfills his promises. And just like Elizabeth said, blessed is she, blessed is he, blessed are those who believe that God will fulfill the promises that he's made. I know another promise that God made. God promised you salvation if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so we are all, as we preparing for the Savior to come, get to live and rest in the excitement and knowing that no matter what happens, that nothing can snatch us from the love of Jesus Christ because he promised us a future and a hope. He promised us a future and a hope, and he promised us a Savior who we know will come and bear the sins of the world. We serve a promise fulfilling God. We serve a promise fulfilling God. What promises are you waiting for? What promises are you standing on? We serve a promise fulfilling God. And in those moments when we're wondering, when we're hoping, when we've yet to see the evidence, remember that we serve a God who fulfills his promise. And blessed are those who believe. Do you believe? Do you believe that God is a promise fulfilling God? Do you believe that God is a promise fulfilling God? Because brothers and sisters, when we allow ourselves to be guided by our beliefs, then our lives begin to look a little bit different. Our walk begins to look a little bit different. Our countenance is a little bit different. So even when we face challenges, even when we face uncertainty, even when the call that God has placed on us jeopardizes everything that we worked for, we can walk with our shoulders up and our chest poked out and a smile on our face, knowing that God won't leave us or forsake us because God is a promise fulfilling God. As we light the candle of love, we are reminded that it is because of God's love for us that he found favor and he sent his son. And in the midst of this turmoil and unanswered questions, as we wait, we are reminded that we can find peace, wholeness, shalom, simply knowing that God fulfills his promises. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.